Welcome to For the Love of Self podcast, where we teach you the tools of manifestation through the power of deep self-love in body, mind, and spirit. This is your host, Heather Graham Murphy, certified embodiment coach and trauma-informed breathwork facilitator. And by listening to this podcast, your self-love journey begins. Please enjoy. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to For the Love of Self podcast. Today, I have a lovely guest named Devorah. I'm very excited to have her on. Thank you so much for coming today and sharing your beautiful manifestation wisdom with us. I'm very excited to learn from you as well. I want to start off before we get into who you are and what you do. I love to ask people what their favorite self-care and self-love practice is. Not to throw oh you God. off. <laughs> That's an awesome question. Hey, Heather. Um, I've got a lot of them, actually. And it's funny because I was the person who never took care of himself. Um, there's practices I do at the beginning of the day, the end of the day, and during the day. So I'll, I'll try to kind of keep it short. So in the morning, um, I'd like to get into um, a little bit of movement, into my body, get my energy going. I was someone who struggled with MS. Um, which really is very difficult, um, getting your body going. So I like to do Donna Eden uh, exercises. They're like tapping different places in your body and getting your energy pumping through you. So that's one of the things I love to do. I also love to do some um, writer's way. Yeah, the writer's way um, journaling, you know, the 15 minute uh, morning pages to get my, you know, brain dumped out of all of the garbage that's floating around. Um, those are two things I like to do in the morning. And then at the end of the day, uh, I like to say um, just some kind of like a prayer before I go to sleep. It's part of the Jewish tradition and it helps me close off my day, helps me um, calm myself down before sleep. and also helps me forgive anybody that, let's say there was some kind of, you know, rough energy, uh, cause there's some forgiveness prayer in there. So that's kind of like the bookends of my day. And in the middle of the day, I really try to practice my spiritual connection, my connection with my divine source. Um, that's something that's very dear to me. And it's also one of the keys of the, the success that I do have and healing work that I do. So I do try to be really aware of how I'm moving in the world and am I acting in a way that is representative of my most godly self and what the divine put me in the world to do. So I hope that's helpful. That's super helpful. I love that so much. I mean, I think that for me as well, movement is a huge part of my, my spiritual work and my manifestation work, my my well-being. So I love that you share that because it really emphasizes, I think, to the audience that's listening, it's like, do your movement. It's a huge part of your well-being mentally and spiritually. So that's beautiful. So if you don't mind just sharing what it is that you do, um, how you share your beautiful light and work in this world. So the main crux of the work that I do, I call it divine energy healing. It's really energy facilitation where I hold space for uh, somebody's physical challenges, emotional challenges, relationship concerns, and use you know different tools in my toolbox that are known by many different healers. It could be inner child healing 
or emotional work or mindset work, but the framework is in um, kind of like a, a vessel or a holding place for divine energy. And that happens in a kind of prayer between the creator and myself or intention uh, between myself and the spiritual intelligence of the universe, right? I'm not saying God, but you could say God also There's different ways to talk about um, our source. And so um, through the work that I'm doing, I might um, ask for certain things in the form of a prayer. I might say uh, something in the form of a blessing. Uh, we might do an intuitive scan where the divine is um, kind of showing me what's happening for the other person. So it's really my connection and trust that the divine can heal anything that is the, the anchor for the work that I do. Now, there's some people that come to me that they're healers themselves um, or they're coaches and they know all of this and we all do and we all need a coach. You know, if a coach needs a coach, a healer needs a healer. And they come to me because of that trust that I have um, in the partnership that I have with the divine that they're going to overcome their struggles, that they're going to heal those relationships, um, and that they're going to overcome those physical challenges. And I just heard from one of my recent clients, uh, we worked together for about six months, and her daughter had not been in touch with her for years. And then um, as we were working together, the daughter started reaching out and asking for money. You know, that, that's always like a, a safe way to connect with your parents. You'll if you haven't spoken to them before, it's like, oh, can you send me a few dollars? And then they started having more meaningful conversations. And now my client's getting her wish, which is her daughter's actually moving from the U.S. to Israel. And that's, you know, that's a result of this kind of trust uh, that I hold for my clients that, you know, that, that thing that is the, the highest and best um, of your relationships um, that that will come to fruition. And my client very deeply felt that having her daughter come and live with Israel was going to be the best thing for her and for her daughter together. So yeah, holding space for that divine energy to flow through so that people can uh, witness miracles for their life and have those breakthroughs. Wow, that's incredible. I would really love to hear about how it is that you this came about for you because I think, well, I'll just share my own experience. Like I was an atheist for a long time. So I think building trust with the divine God universe has taken time. Like I felt like I was abandoned for a long time, I think. And so I would love to hear your story, but also like how maybe you have some tips or something that you want. I know you have some stuff you want to share with us today. So like how we as um, mothers can really begin building that trust within ourselves? Oh my gosh, that's such a deep question. Um, and I'm happy to explore that with you. So when it comes to my own connection, it's something that developed over, over time, over the years. I remember being a child and talking to the moon. Um, and the reason why I'm saying that is because it's very connected to actually a spiritual practice. Um, that um, some um, observant Jewish people have, which is, it's called in Hebrew, Hitzbodedut, and it has to do with having a conversation with the creator. And I used to do it to the moon. And, I, you know, I was like 12 years old and I would talk about, you know, my heartaches and, you know, things that, you know, 
um, a young teenager would be concerned about. And so I always had um, that kind of connection to something beyond myself or sitting in the playgrounds um, in fourth grade and just everyone else was playing and I was just looking at the waves of, of grass kind of flowing in the wind, <laughs> you know, and contemplating the beauty of nature. So that's always something that was, uh, was a part of me. And um, when it comes to the healing work that I do and, and how is it that I integrated my connection uh, with the divine, with the, the healing, well, that comes through, um, I would say different, uh, different times of, of struggle in my life. So for example, um, and, and while I'm telling the stories, I guess I will give over some of these manifestation tools, which are concepts that we all know, but in telling them in a form of a story, I think it goes deeper and it's easier to relate to. So the first uh, tool or concept is really having faith and trust, which are very connected, having faith and, and trust that you can heal your life and that things will get better for you. And I know you, Heather, you're a mother of a young child, <laughs> speaking earlier about how that can be a struggle. And so no matter what stage you are in life, you know, my oldest I was 10 and my oldest is 20, um, faith and trust are like the key points uh, to get you through. And so um, when it comes to having faith and trust, it's like faith is like putting a seed into the ground. And as an amateur gardener, I can tell you, and I used to have a brown thumb, and I have learned that if you have faith, you just might see something growing and it's super exciting. So you have faith that it will grow. Um, and then after that, right, you put it in the dirt and it's all up to the process of life. And the thing is, you do have to put in your effort. So you do have to make sure you get some water, whether it's, you know, rain or you're watering it yourself. You do have to make sure the soil is healthy enough. So there's faith that it will grow. There's your effort and there's trusting that once this, this plant has started sprouting and you're going to put in your effort, that you're going to partner with life, with whether you call that, you know, God or the divine or the life that this plant will continue to grow as long as you keep moving, doing your part. Because if you don't water it, you know, you go on vacation, you come home, it's going to be dead, right? So you have to do your part. So having faith and trust, it reminds me of a time when I was struggling with MS. Um, I had nearly lost the vision in my left eye. And I was struggling with symptoms such as um, brain fog and uh, weakness in my joints, in my limbs, and forgetting words, stuttering, and all of this leading to depression. Really, really hard time in my life. The good news is, though, during that year, like the first year after I was diagnosed, I, I was doing certain things, alternative medicine, and also, you know, traditional medicine, um, medication that was actually starting to heal my eye. And so I was going from being almost nearly, you know, going blind in my left eye in towards, um, you know, a great improvement. And so I found myself in the hospital, um, led to a room where I was going to be tested for my eye. And I had to sit in front of a computer. And it was like a video game where I had to wait for flashes of light to appear on the screen. And for each one, I had to quickly press a button before it disappeared. And I remember being so hung up about getting everyone right. And I had to prove that I was getting well. And I had to prove that, you know, that I was healing. 
And, um, you know, so this game was turning into this very stressful situation. So afterwards, you know, I was feeling like back in high school, you know, when you just took a test and you're filled with all of this anxiety, um, how you did. So I sat in the waiting room and the doctor came out and with a big smile and she showed me these two printouts with the results. And she said, congratulations, your vision is 99% back to normal. I was so happy over the moon. This was awesome news. And I was felt at that moment, I was filled with this feeling of faith and trust. And I looked at her in the eyes. I remember saying, if God could heal my eye, then he can certainly heal the rest of me. And I went home determined to, you know, see how this was going to happen. And now, wouldn't you know it, that night, as I was lying in bed, I actually, I woke up in the middle of the night and I felt this energy running through my body, kind of fixing it and like sewing it all together. And I got up and I started walking around and I felt that I was back to normal. I felt like myself again. And, you know, during that, after a week, after week and month after month unfolded, I had energy. I didn't have any of these symptoms yet. I, I had um, all kinds of projects that I did. And that's the power of having faith and trust. And that's what I bring into the work that I do, that you can heal, the divine can help you heal. It's just all about taking those steps, you know, one after another. Sometimes I do get these miracle results with my clients, like in just one session, which is amazing. And sometimes, you know, the issues are deeper and we do take those steps, but like, before the story about this client and her daughter going from not speaking to her to actually moving across the world to live with her. That's all about that faith and trust. Yeah, that is amazing. I am always like, I get so tingly when I hear these stories of miraculous healing because it, you know, science can't explain it or whatever. And, um, and just, but even like you said, with the woman, you know, whose daughter moved to, to be near her and whatnot. It's like trusting the process to unfold in the way that it needs to. Keeping that faith is such a interesting experience in the body. It's hard to explain sometimes, but it's it really is just being at rest and being like sure that it's it's okay and that what is coming up is it's coming out and uh, it's healing. And um, yeah, thank you for sharing that. That's incredible. And um, I think it'll be inspiring for anyone to hear the story of you over, you know, overcoming this eyesight issue, especially dealing with MS. I think it's uh, a really difficult disease to deal with. Yeah. And I call it the, um, the best thing that ever happened to me <laughs> that getting sick saved my life. And um, I just, <laughs> Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's really true. And um, so I want to kind of develop this idea of faith and trust and how to really do that, make that a little bit easier. And so I'm going to introduce the next tool or idea, which is surrender control. How many times have you heard that? Like let go and let God. And it is not so simple, especially for you know, perfectionists like myself, I'm a recovering perfectionist, or, you know, we have these control freakish kind of um, 
you know, coping mechanisms to overcome certain, you know, maybe traumas or things that happen to us. And so I want to talk a little bit about surrendering control because this is really key to having that faith and trust. It's also key to allowing the divine to intercede on your behalf because I'll give a little illustration, just like, let's say you want to just make a change in your life. Um, we'll just take the same example of the daughter, mother-daughter relationship. And so the mother could have been like, no, I'm going to force <laughs> this child of mine to move to Israel. Well, that, first of all, we, you and me, we both know that's not going to happen. But also what happens on the spiritual level, the divine is saying, yeah, you think you could do that? Okay, let's, you know, let's see how well you do that. And so the divine kind of like takes a little vacation and goes help someone else and lets the mother kind of like struggle with that. Or she could say, all right, God, you know, you know, how can we make this happen? You know, I wonder how the divine is going to intercede to help this happen, which is one of the tools that I use. I'm just going to like put that in parentheses, write this down. Is I wonder, it could be, I wonder how, I wonder what, I wonder who, to be in a state of curiosity, right? Surrendering control is all about being in a state of curiosity about how things will unfold whether you want to be spiritual as, you know, how can God help me? Or just, you know, how is it going to be? How is this situation going to manifest itself? Okay. And so when you do that, then the attitude on the divine level is like, ah, okay, I'll show you. Let me help you. I'll show you how that's done. So when you get out of the way, that allows the divine spirit source, the creator, however you want to name that, to step in and helping you to manifest, right? Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, surrender has oh, has continually popped up for me as well, because like, I'm always like, oh, you also have to take action. And there's like this dance with the universe between like, when you're being cued to take action versus like, you need to let go because it's kind of like if you work somewhere and they're like, okay, this is the manager, he's in charge or she's in charge of this and this person's in charge of that. Well, it's like, there are certain things that you are not in charge of. Okay. Like you have to, you have to surrender to like, what is your job? Your job is to be in the divine interest. Your job is to stay in your intuition and to focus on yourself. You can't control other people in other situations. Yeah, and that's enough effort for most of us right? <laughs> yeah. to act, you know, behave and speak in ways that are in alignment with our most godly selves. And so here's a story of uh, someone that, um, you know, when she surrendered control, then miracles happened. Um, and this is back in the day when I used to teach voice lessons. And I had a student that basically... I have this image of her kind of barging into my house. She didn't really barge into my house, but she was really, really into control. And when I asked her what her goal was, she was like, I must learn how to sing the high notes, <laughs> you know, um, really demanding that this is what I teach her. And, you know, so she signed up for my course. It was like 12 voice lessons and her throat was so tense that I was really afraid she would hurt herself. So I was really excited to help her. I was really determined. And at the time I was really actually passionate about helping women develop their outer voice 
as well as their inner one. And I had developed this spiritual method based on singing technique and Jewish spirituality. So, um, so this woman, I'll give her a name, I'll call her Greta. So Greta was a mom, she had a six-year-old girl and she wanted another baby. And she and her husband were not only struggling to have another child, but they were also struggling in her marriage is what she confided uh, with me. So in any case, regarding the singing, um, I was encouraging her to sing from her heart, you know, very spiritual, focusing on the breath, opening up to her connection to the divine and to surrender, here's that word again, to the song, particularly to the emotion of the song. So if it was like a song of yearning for divine love, you know, to surrender to that emotion through her heart. And so week after week, I reminded her of these tools and also to let an, an, an image of angels carry her voice up to the high notes instead of, you know, pressuring herself to reach these high notes. And so the more she let go and let God, the more her voice actually took on a sweet angelic quality and she took on a sweeter quality. She became full of ease and grace in her entire being is what I saw when she was singing and also when she was walking into my home. And then she confided in me that she and her husband were getting along much better these days. And this is a result of her learning how to surrender through the singing. And that was the kind of laboratory that we were using. And so for her last lesson, she showed up with this picnic basket and she said to me, today we're not singing, today we're having a picnic. So we walked over into the woods and she set down this blanket and she had this straw kind of um, bag and she took out two coconuts and she put pink straws in them. It was like really right out of a movie. And she handed one of these coconuts and told her to drink. And it was like heavenly, this coconut milk. And then she was filled with a lot of emotion. And she said to me, Devorah, I am so filled with gratitude to you. We're expecting. Mm -hmm. Right. Oh. And that's when I realized that I just, I wanted to help more and more women like Greta bring miracles into their life. So I dropped the singing part and I just kept going with the manifestation and the healing and the rest of this. So this is what's possible when you surrender control. Yeah, that's incredible. I've heard so many stories about women who are trying for a baby where there's something that needs to be released or some sort of control that needs to be released. And um, I love that story so much, especially because I, I use sound in my healing practice as well, like not necessarily tra uh, professional trained singing, but just, yeah, releasing. There's a, sometimes a lot of um, energy stuck in the throat, especially for us women. And that's such a cool story. And thank you for sharing it. Hey friend, did you know that I have been doing a post every day on Instagram and TikTok about manifestation? I'm currently doing a 22-day manifestation challenge. You know, when it comes to having an intentional manifestation practice, all roads lead to self-love. When you learn to hold space for all that you are in an embodied sense of self-love, you can manifest a hundred, a thousand, a million times faster. And you might be asking, Heather, how can I love myself more? How can I manifest faster? Well, you're in luck because I'm posting every day 
for 22 days in February, and I'm teaching you the tools that have helped me to love myself deeper and manifest way faster. And then on the 22nd day, I'll be hosting a workshop that'll take you even further into an embodied sense of self-love. I'll be sharing with you my unique embodied forces approach so that you can take your life to the next level. So get yourself signed up. The link is in the show notes and you'll get the Zoom link right before the workshop on February 22nd. I can't wait to see you there and I can't wait to see what you create over the next 22 days. And so after you have the faith and trust and surrender the control, then there's something that, you know, you've heard this a million times. It's the famous, you know, put on your own um, air mask before you pass it on to your kids. It's giving to yourself first. And I know that you've spoken, Heather, about self-love through spirituality and um, talking about, you know, loving yourself. And you might ask yourself, well, you know, how does giving to yourself first help with manifestation? So, you know, if it, if it doesn't seem obvious, then we can use this, um, this kind of imagery. Do you remember when you were in grade school and there were some kids that you really liked and some kids you really didn't like? Well, for me, <laughs> um, I kind of, I thought about it and I realized that the kids that I really liked, that they really liked themselves. And the kids that I didn't really like, they don't really like themselves very much. Well, in any case, that was the conclusion that I came up with. And so if we make like a, um, a parallel to this, it's like the divine loves you no matter what. The thing is, if you don't give to yourself, then you might not feel that divine love. And you might not notice that the beautiful things that are already in your life. You might not notice the things that can be manifested in your life. But if you do give to yourself, you're showing the divine that you are ready to receive. You're already worthy of receiving. It's, that's not a question. It's just that you're ready to receive. So giving to yourself um, first, <laughs> filling up your cup first is a really, really powerful manifestation tool. And it's also going to fill you with energy. It's going to support the people around you to have you know, faith in you as the mother that you can take care of them because you're taking care of yourself. Um, and so I have a little memory about this for myself. And this is how I actually got into position of getting MS in any case. Um, and, um, you know, they, they say, you know, we don't know how it happens. If you're not taking care of yourself, you know, something is going to go wrong and is very, very high possibility you're going to burn out. So I was living on an empty tank. And I was completely out of balance. And it was a time when I would go to sleep really, really late after my last child finally fell asleep after hours of struggle. And then I would wake up early in the morning to get them ready for school. Like y'all know about this. Like this is not a new story. The treadmill. Um, the treadmill <laughs> and doing everything yeah. that gets done and feeling like a ping pong ball going back, you know, uh, being a ping pong ball, even at bedtime, you know, between the two kids rooms your mom 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 you know and um i was just totally wrecked okay and not taking care of myself and so one day um i actually found myself at the doctor's office because a friend of mine insisted that i go because who has time to go to the doctor and i had that spot in in my my left eye that i spoke about earlier 
And it was actually a week before Passover. And if you know anything about um, Passover, it's the busiest week for observant Jewish women because it's filled with cooking and cleaning and getting everything ready. And there is no time to do anything else. So in any case, I was sitting in the doctor's office the week before Passover and he's looking through that kind of lens, you know, that they check you with going from one eye to the other back and forth, looking really distressed. And I was like, oh no, what's going on with me? So he told me to wait in the hallway and I watched him as he rushed down the hallway, muttering to himself something like, you know, the week before Passover, the week before Passover, like he's getting distressed. I call up my husband and start crying on the phone. Well, finally, he called me back into his office. I got myself back together and he looked at me and he said, Mrs. Berkowitz, how would you like to spend the Passover meal? In this hospital or in that hospital? And so I was like, what? Me in the hospital? I got too much to do. But 10 minutes later, I was in a cab on my way to the hospital. And after two days and a lot of poking and prodding and black and blue marks from all the blood tests that I got, um, a neurologist came to explain to me what was happening. And he pointed out on this MRI, you know, an MRI is like this printout of what's happening. And he's showing me a picture of my brain and these bright objects, you know, in my brain. And I'm nodding like, okay, uh-huh, uh-huh, until it dawns on me that is a picture of what's in my head. And I've got these blind, like blank spots in my myelin sheath in my brain. Like there's something seriously wrong with me. And so <clears throat> he explained to me that I had some sort of you know, inflammatory disease, something probably like multiple sclerosis. And when he left, I just sat in the bed and I had a you know private moment with myself where I was just taking it all in. And I heard a voice kind of rise up from within me. You know those intuitive voices you hear talking to you? Mm -hmm. And the voice was telling me, you can slow down now. Like you're, you're already enough, right? Here I was, like, I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough I have to push myself. You're already enough. You can slow down now. You can take your time. It's all good, basically. And I knew I'd be okay. Like there's that faith and trust again. And, and here I was now, I could surrender because I heard that the deepest intuitive voice telling me that is it's time to just take care of myself and to put that time, energy, and intention into my own life. And so that's what I did that following year. I invested that time, energy, and resources into taking care of myself until that eye test that I spoke to you about. So the lesson here is, you know, give to yourself first. I had to learn it the hard way. And I really hope that, you know, if you're listening to this, you will learn this lesson and not, you know, have to burn out in order to learn this lesson. Because when you do this, you not only heal yourself, but you're more able to help others around you. You show them by example, what it means to take care of yourself. Your relationships get better. Your children can thrive. So that's, that's the third manifestation tool is giving to yourself first. And from that, um, you'll be able to create what it is that you want for your life. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's so crazy to hear your story because I feel like this is how it shows up. I think it's very, um, we don't speak about it enough, you know, I, I think as manifestation is becoming more 
but I think that a lot of the times, you know, when there is disease in the body, it's because there is something there for us to to heal. And it's not just the disease that we're labeling. It's it's that, oh, well, maybe I've been burning out. Maybe I've been doing too much because I'm trying to, you know, I think especially for us moms, you know, we're trying to show that we're lovable or that we love the the people we you know what I'm saying it's like we're trying to prove that we're enough for something through our doing this and and all of that leads to that burnout and can cause disease in the body so yeah absolutely I think it can be um such a huge part of our manifestation when like your practice that you shared with us <clears throat> excuse me now I'm losing my voice uh like your practice that you shared with us that you do in the mornings and in the evenings you know just something as simple as that it doesn't have to be an all-day thing or whatever I mean that's great if you can get that but <laughs> you know it, it's it, just the little things and remembering that rest is productive it's important for your body for your mind and your spirit yeah, and there's all these things that we do, all these um, kind of actions or overdoing and overgiving that can lead to being drained and even to burning out. And then there's that whole level that we don't even see, you know, those things we're telling ourselves you're not enough and all of those limiting beliefs, you might call them. And then there's another layer behind that, which is the messages you received from your upbringing and your childhood and the ways that you had to adapt in order to feel like you were loved and to you know feel like you belonged in that family situation so that you could survive and then there's an additional level beyond that which is what you got through the genetics and your ancestors and all these things that were passed down i once did this calculation about how many influences you have from you know how many people in the past generations, because one of the tools that I use is healing ancestral trauma. And what I calculated was, and anybody can check this if you want, is 10 generations back, if you go, you know, your parents, their parents, and so on, you know, your, your great grandparents, and so on and so forth. If you count just those people, um, not even going from side to side, but those people from which you got your DNA passed down, you get a million people in 10 generations, right? And if that's not enough, I decided to explore, well, what happens in 20 generations? You wanna take a guess? How many people influence you? I'm so bad at math, I couldn't even begin to think. Right? So am I, so I used a calculator. Again, I could be wrong, you can check this. I got a billion people. Oh. Okay, like even if it's not a billion, like a million is a lot. <laughs> but, yeah. But just to illustrate, how much influences that are beyond you and came to you even before you created these limiting beliefs in your head. And so yeah. one of the things I love about working with divine energy, it's because God knows everything God created you and everybody that came before you. And so just tuning in and tapping in to that energy healing that comes from divine source can really um, fast track a person's healing um, process like by a lot. So real quick story, I had somebody who was struggling with irritable bowel syndrome for like four or five years or so. And it had been developing over the years and the doctors couldn't really figure it out. And she was really frustrated. 
And so, you know, we did the divine scan and saw a lot of trauma in her background. When I asked about it, she was like, oh yeah, blah, 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 blah. She's telling me all these different traumatic relationships in her life. So I just gave that up to God to heal that. And by the end of the session, her stomach literally, it was bloated. It literally went down and she saw her, mm. her shirt going down. And then I checked in six months later, still had no symptoms. So that is the power of divine energy in whatever, you know, healing protocols that you might be comfortable with or co coaching protocols. A lot of my clients use multiple, you know, different kinds of things. They come to me already practicing something. Uh, but when, once you add that divine energy, you just are able to accelerate the healing work that you already have been doing. And my favorite clients are the ones who have already been working on themselves for a long time. And they have that one thing that still hasn't healed. And we open up to that surrendering and faith and trust in the divine to just fix it, you know, just heal this. Yeah, absolutely. That's beautiful. And I love that you're focusing on the ancestral work because I do think, I mean, now we are understanding it more about epigenetics and how those genetics turn on and off through generations that have been passed down from generations in our family. And um, yeah, I think of... <laughs> like any any person in the world understands history a lot of people have trauma so there's trauma being held in the body and so we get to rewrite our bloodline through this ancestral work and so it's beautiful that you're doing that through this divine channeling yeah and if you think about it like this like think about history we're the result of I don't know if you want to go if you want to go by the bible it's thousands of years if you want to go by science it's millions of years um, back, not even so far in the past, like people were just really, really abusive. There's a lot, a lot of trauma, like trauma and abuse, you know, were, you know, they're still part of a lot of cultures and they were part of uh, everyday life. Even if you look to the Bible, for examples of stories, you know, in the times of Noah, people were just really, really abusive. And we are here as a result of those generations. So even if you had the most beautiful, um, uh, you know, beautiful childhood and your parents loved you and grandparents and all that. There's still stuff that comes through from past generations that you know, we're not aware of. And it's just the human condition. That's how the divine created us. That's how the divine um, plan is. And the reason why is I think because we're just meant to uh, work uh, to help each other, you know, whether it's by hiring somebody or just by leaning on a friend we're meant to be in the world supporting each other and I think that's why we all have uh, different variations of challenges and struggles yeah absolutely I think um I I agree with what you're saying in terms of like whether it is a friend or working with a coach it's like we need each other when humans need each other we know this from science and and so yeah. And then some of us like yourself, Devorah, have very special gifts to help people in a specific way. So I am curious, how can people get in touch with you? I know you have your website that you sent to me. I'll put that in the show notes, but do you hang out on social media or anything or what's the best way for people to stalk you? <laughs> yeah, I could be connected with on Facebook and LinkedIn and also oh, nice. through my website. I try to keep it really pretty simple. Okay, beautiful. Yeah, we'll definitely be linking that down below. And 
you know, I think I just want to invite anyone who is curious about, I love the three tips that you shared. And I think working with Devorah would be a great opportunity for anyone who is struggling in some aspect of their life or not, you know, because again, it's like why it doesn't always have to be a crisis. It can just be like, hey, I'm a mom and I just want a little more me time and I want a little more healing in my life. You know, why wait till you hit a wall? So that's my recommendation. Um, thank you so much, Devora, for your tips and your tricks and your beautiful stories. They're very inspiring. And I think stories are the thing that really expand people to believe and understand that what they desire is possible. It's it's great. Um, Absolutely. So, yeah. We can't wait to have you on again sometime soon when you have some more to share with us whenever you want. Please come back and... Um, We'll catch everyone in the next one. Thank you, Devorah. Thank you, Heather. Hey, thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope you enjoyed the episode as much as I enjoyed sharing it with you. If you found this episode helpful in any way, I want to invite you to send it to someone who would benefit from it. Also, consider leaving a rate and review for the podcast as it really does help the podcast get to the top of the recommendations list so that even more people can get on the self-love train. Come follow me over on Instagram and TikTok at forthelove.of.self. That's at for the love of dot self. Shoot me a message and let me know what your favorite takeaways were. I love meeting new people and watching them grow. And thank you again so much for tuning in today as it really is an honor to be here with you. We'll catch you in the next one. Oh, and of course, don't forget to subscribe.